Welcome everyone to our second Black History Month podcast. I'm Katie Littlewood, one of this year's Sports Awards coordinators, and I will be today's host. It was really important that I got involved in this podcast today. Being part Ghanaian, a lot of events in recent months have really brought to light the everyday racism that I've experienced, as well as the experiences of my dad and wider family. Anyway, before we get into the deeper discussion, I want to first introduce our guests. We have Matt Groves, our sports officer. Hello, Matt. How are you? Hi, Katie. Yeah, good, thank you. Good, just very busy with um, the start of term now. Well, at the time of recording, we're in week three, um, and there's plenty changing regularly to, to keep both uh, campus and the sporting community not nice and busy. But um, very, very good to see students back and, uh, and so active. And then we have Temi, who was our sports awards coordinator last year. Um, he sat on last year's sports committee and was a member of men's football. How are you, Temi? I'm all right, Katie. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, just really been ticking over, been prepping before I start work in the next couple of weeks. So, so yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks. That sounds good. As the last podcast was centred on individual experiences of racism in sport, I thought it would be opportunistic to reflect on racism more broadly here, both within our university and beyond. Firstly then, ITV earlier this year held a panel discussion in light of the Black Lives Matter movements. With it, they did an exclusive data collection, which found that most people, regardless of their ethnicity, saw Britain as having, quoting their words, a fair amount or a lot of racism. But they also found that British people did not think we as a nation are as racist as America. My take on this is that America more generally have hit, have in their history from the Emancipation Proclamation, from Jim Crow and new Jim Crow laws, a system that normalises racist behaviours. I'm not qualified to answer whether I think they are more or less racist, but I do think that racism in the States is easier to identify and that it would be wrong for me to claim that I was surprised at the idea that most people view Britain as fairly racist. I think it's critical that we identify just how much work needs to be done here. But what do you think of this statement, Matt? Do you think it's shocking or unsurprising? I think Britain is structurally very good at ignoring its horrendous history on racism. Um, School lessons on the horrors of our colonies are few and far between. We can't expect to eradicate racism while being ignorant to our own historical lessons. Um, I don't don't find it shocking that British people said that racism exists in the UK because it's true. Um, And if the global events of the past year have taught us anything, it's that every single one of us has a role to play in in allyship. Um, but, But it's also naive to suggest that the issues like police brutality and its media portrayal are solely US issues, I think. Um, Tammy, what do you think of it? Do you think it's shocking or unsurprising that um, most of Britain think that um, we have a lot of racism? I mean, like to start with, I don't really support you know the binary also of you know more or less or fairly or you know sometimes uh, racist. You're either racist or, or, or you're not. So I think those terms as such, you know, to sort of give racism a, a level. It sometimes, you know, gives British people um, like a, a way out out of not saying that, that, that they are racist. I mean, the similar que- um, answer to the question is Britain is in, in, in fact racist. And, you know, by hiding behind, uh, you know, terms such as fairly or, or mostly or more or less. And, you know, even comparing it to America, it allows, you know, the UK to, to sort of, you know, escape as such. 
out of his way of saying it's not racist. So the, the you know the findings from the from the poll don't don't surprise me at all. And I just like to you know piggyback on what Matt Matt has said as well in in the sense that Britain does actually have a selective memory when it you know when it does speak about its history with racism, and you know you look at Britain as a whole and it, it perhaps has the most vicious history um, in terms of transatlantic slavery. So you know. The, the, the poll doesn't surprise me at all. Um, no, what you've said there is like really insightful. And I think um, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement, there's a lot of um, comparing to different countries. But if we're going to make any progress, I agree, we need to look at Britain objectively and think what can we do to eradicate the issue um, 100%. Um, so secondly, John Barnes, who was a, a Jamaican-born ex-England footballer, said when asked, has racism changed in Britain? That within football, for example, explicit racism, such as, in his words, throwing bananas and calling race, racial slurs, has been mostly eliminated. So openly race, racist behaviour is less common, but holistically, racism has not altered, because this level of racism is now internalised and exists as unconscious bias. Temi, what do you think of that? Would you agree with those words that we were once racist have not altered, but have simply changed the way they express this hatred? Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, I think once again, it, it's, it, it's a, it, you know, analysing in, in the sense of, um, you know, types of racism, you know, today we, we hear words such as, you know, covert and overt. I mean, certainly, you know, in the 80s, you know, obviously you know, not being around then, that's probably, you know, when the racial tension was probably at its highest. And you look at it now and, uh, like, racism is perhaps more insidious than it is then, because than it was then, because it's perhaps now more harder to pinpoint. You don't get, you don't as much, you know, get those, um, those you know, overt incidences of racism such as, you know, when uh, John Barnes refer refers to, you know, bananas being thrown on a pitch. Although you have, you know, had some, you know, recent issue, um, issues with, you know, Abamianga Arsenal, I think a couple, only a couple of years ago, you had, had the incident, you know, um, in the North London derby, and then you had um, Rudiger at Chelsea, who had, you know, racial slurs, you know, thrown at him. Um, so once again, I, I, I just agree, and I think it's just more insidious today, racism, it's more harder to you know, pinpoint from, uh, from from a from a white perspective, I'd say not necessarily from a black um, from the from a black person, but yeah, th th those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, no, that's completely fair enough. Um, so the next um, topic of discussion is aimed at you, Temi, or is just trying to gather your view on this at least. Mm -hmm. um, so the ITV carried out the same survey that I referenced earlier which, um, just for reference, had 3,845 participants, um, 1,563 white respondents, 1,502 BME respondents, of which 402 were black. Um, the survey found that 62% of black respondents felt football as an institution has a culture of racism, which scored just below the police force. This figure is significantly higher than all other institutions listed on the survey. What is your take on this, Temi? Do you agree or do you make, what do you make of that figure? In, is, in your eyes, football a racist institution? Yeah, I, I mean, football, um, football in the UK, um, the FA, I mean, football right from its grassroots to... 
at its highest professional level, it is it's most certainly a racist institution. Um, you know, from a little kid, it's it's the stuff that you you know the the, the stereotypes that you are thrown towards you as a black individual. You know that you, you must be fast, you must be strong, or you know it, it's it's the it's the it's the heightened sense on your physical attributes, which is you know there's there's a historical basis um, background um, for that actually, and so for right from its grassroots right to the very top where you see um, an FA board, which is you know very much you know white, um, you, you know. Football is in its, you know, in its very much sense, it is, it is very much racist. Um, I think what you find in the UK is that, you know, we love a hashtag, you know, we get no room for racism, um, you know, various hashtags all, um, all, all over the sense. And I think that's being met with, a, you know, a lack of action. A lack of action now is, you know, your good, is, is just now your good PR. So, I look at incidences like um, like the need that you know that the Premier League had you know teams that are taken for each game, and and to me it's, it is really good you know it's really good to see teams you know supporting you know the Black Lives Matter movement and um, equality as a whole, but then you're seeing a lack of action. So we so just just on that you know to cut quite my time short is just to say yeah it, it is racist. Um, no, those those views are completely valid, and um, I think on reflecting on the movements in general and seeing um, the difference between, I think I saw a tweet that was the difference between the amount of people that posted the Black Square on Instagram and the amount of people that were signing like um, petitions and things. Like the disparity in action um, is pretty intense. But um, anyway, moving on. Um, a lot of media coverage surrounding the BLM movement identified just how normal and often everyday racism was occurring. Um, what are your views on everyday racism? If you don't mind sharing any experiences of this, how does this make you feel as a black man in Britain, Temi? I mean, it, it's very much, for myself as a black man, it's, it's very much in my face. I, I, I see it every day. And I'm, you know, just walking down the street in in a way, you know, certain people may, you know, behave, you know, unconsciously, you know. Um, but um, it's it's driven by the government through the media and, and it's just in your face. Uh, for instance, there's 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 this association with black, black and black crime. And that's one of the most dangerous things to actually say, to actually say that black people are predisposed to 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 want to hurt one another is one of the most dangerous things you can actually say i mean when like when i think about my own um experiences you know in terms of the racism i i i've suffered i think about times when um as a child you know i live in a very white um white neighborhood up in kent i went to a you know very white school i was one of four black um, people in my in the year six year group, and I think there was only about ten black people in the whole school. And I remember a, a white ma- um, friend of mine invited me to his house. Um, went to his house, and then his sister sees me, and then she says, "Oh, but he's black." And that's when his um, my friend's mum stepped in, and she, you know she had to defend me at the time. I mean, 
at the time, I didn't really think of it as much, but growing up, I've started to, you know, that like, I wouldn't allow that type of situation to, to happen again, but it's just stuff like that, you know, it, 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 ha- it, it, you know, it, it, it can have an effect on a, on a young person at the time. Um, but, but yeah, like, I think as a black man today, we just try to be more resilient as individuals. We're very much aware of it. Well, I'm very much aware of the racism that exists, but I just try to, you know, be as resilient as possible and just, you know, live my life uh, as best as possible. Um, Thank you for that, Temi. That was a really powerful story. And I think, if anything, to keep the awareness, I think honesty is just um, extremely important in amongst... Um, these kind of discussions um but matt how do you feel about this have you ever been in and around examples of everyday racism i know speaking to my friends they have reflected on times when they have witnessed racist remarks and haven't said anything and they have reflected on it now as in they should have said something and identified it as an issue i think if anything this movement has been effective in that respect i think people in general who aren't a victim of racism are more confident to speak out and shut down racism in an everyday setting um, what do you think of this, Matt? Yeah, I think if you consider the, the treatment of, of well, black sporting heroes um, in the media, the likes of Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Casa Semenya, um, you consider their treatment, and then I can't even imagine, I can't start to imagine what's happening on a day-to-day basis uh, across society. Um, I know there have been times in the past when I've witnessed microaggressions um, or hostility towards friends who are who are part of the BME community, um, and I've said nothing, and and, and those those are um, instances I deeply regret. Um, but I think the biggest thing I personally can do here is recognise my privilege um, as, as as a as a cisgendered straight white male. Society has dealt me a good hand, and I ought to be using that in allyship. Um, I ought to be educating myself regularly on issues um, faced by members of the BME community, ought to be intervening as a bystander to these events, um, and ought to be an ally to to the Black Lives Matter movement and and wider BME community. Um, Yeah, I completely agree with that, Matt. And I think going back on what Temi's just said about um, being racially profiled and things like that, um, I know I myself always shy away from telling people that I'm mixed raced and that I am Ghanaian because I know most of the time people will racially profile me as white British. Often I've had comments like, you don't look African, surely your parents, surely one of your parents isn't really black and so on and so forth. And I think this is usually part of the problem for certain subgroups in society. And I must stress not everyone here and it's not a general sweeping statement. There is a general ignorance and an aptitude to respond to the voices of BME citizens and the black community. I think a lot of people as well think that because the issue doesn't affect them, then it doesn't matter, um, which I think is another positive thing to come out of the BLM movement. Um, The importance of involving everyone in the discussion of race, regardless of whether it affects them or whether they are racist or not. So, Matt, how is our SU addressing racism? Where do you think this will lead to? Um, genuine improvements, or do you think there's still more to be done? Of course, there's work to be done. Um, there'll be work to be done until the day that, that racism is completely eradicated from human behaviour. Um, so creating an anti-racist campus is a major objective for this year's SU officer team. 
Um, meaning anti-racist work will be at the core of all the work we do. Um, we've been working with the university to renovate club sport and society committee training sessions on anti-racism. Um, we'll be running microaggression workshops to student groups on campus throughout the year. Um, and we'll be assessing the role and resources of um, BME committee as well. Um, but the work ultimately needed is to change structures, um, remove racial barriers to success at our university. As an officer team, we have to look at ourselves. Um, you know, why do we have eight YSU officers? Are there barriers we need to remove in the elections process and, and, and so on? And that's something we're also going to pick up in a, in a student union officer role review this year. Nice. Um, and how are you as a member of the officer team looking to tackle racism in and around university this year? Yeah, so um, I mentioned previously, it's a team goal, um, which means I, I'm very much I'm very much part and parcel of that. Um, but a personal goal of mine is to create a sporting environment which sees the black and gold community lead the way in social liberation. Um, so we'll be, source, uh, we'll be, we'll be launching uh, equality, diversity, inclusions training for club sport committees, um, which inexcusably have, have never existed here before. Um, we're running five educational workshops on microaggressions throughout throughout the academic year. Um, but ultimately, we want to create a, a culture within sport of self-assessment and allyship, um, both, both at, at club level and, and for the individual. Um, that all sounds really promising, Matt. Um, but so a lot of media coverage surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement highlighted that young adults and us as a future generation offer hope in terms of tackling racism and challenging unconscious race, racism in society. Um, what do you think of this, Matt? Are you optimistic that we as a student body have the potential to tackle these microaggressions in our university? Uh, yes. Um, we as, as, a, as a student union, as an officer team and as a generation, um, I, I think fully recognise the problems that exist and, um, and we're completely committed to the work that needs to be done. Um, we hope to see some different progress on it during our time in office. Um, ultimately, it's a bigger picture there, though, and, and I do think as a generation that that will continue. Um, and following on from that, what advice would you give to our student body about breaking down these stigmas and racism in, around, in and around uni, uni in general? Yeah, the, the majority of my advice is, advice is on allyship um, because it's important to educate yourself um, read resources, experiences, structural barriers for B, for BME people. Um, the the SU has actually created a list of accessible resources available um, to all students, including ebooks and, and podcasts, which you can locate on the SU website. Um, but bystander intervention, also as part of allyship, is critical to breaking this discrimination down. Um, and it doesn't have to be confrontational either. So, so being, being aware of your privileges, first of all, is crucial. Um, we have a responsibility to call out everyday examples of racism, such as microaggressions, um, when experienced as a bystander. Um, but when it does come to, to bystander intervention, you can call in rather than call out um, as a setup. Um, so that means if your friend says something that's inflammatory or inconsiderate, drop them a message later to tell them what they said wasn't appropriate. Um, racism isn't necessarily deliberately malicious. It can be an ignorant issue of education, but that doesn't mean we don't have a duty to intervene. Um, no, that all sounds really good. And I think to those listening, it's really important that we reflect on these things. And um, 
I hope you found the contents of this podcast um, insightful. Um, I know I have. I want to say thank. I want to say thank you to both Matt and Temi for taking part today. Um, you've been incredible. But that's all from me today. Thanks for listening. Bye.